Hey everyone, hello, hello. You got me sitting in my office today. Let me make sure I got the chat open. Okay, so I hope everyone had an easy time actually getting on to the into the Zoom today. Um, when I tell you we called Zoom, like we have been going back and forth with them because I pay for, you know, whatever their friggin' not basic packages that, you know, isn't cheap. Um, so we reset the password. We tried to disable the waiting room feature at all. And I hope everyone, if you're watching this on the recording and you freaking cursed at your computer because you couldn't enter, I'm sorry. I have cursed at Zoom in my head as well. So, but those of you who are here, those of you who are watching the recording, you made it. So today is going to be more of a mindset-based lesson. Um, and it is it's a topic that is extremely common throughout different parts of a person's program, but especially this time of year. And there is something that is um, pretty, I don't know, it like feels like final about August, September time. It feels like even though New Year's, and tell me if you guys feel this way, it feels like even though we know New Year's, January, all that, at least for me, it feels like that's in the middle of the winter. You're already in that mode. So it sometimes doesn't feel like that's where the new year begins. I feel like a new year begins when we're going from summer into fall, like actual fall, not still 90 degrees out fall, but like October, November. I feel like, do you guys agree? It's like that feels like a start of a whole new, and it is a start of a new season, but like a whole new year almost. And it almost feels like if we don't accomplish something before another winter begins, we feel like we've missed our shot. And then we say, oh, New Year's, I'm gonna do this again. New Year, new me, all that bullshit come January when really nothing's all that mega changing because everything feels pretty, pretty much the same. It's winter before New Year's, it's gonna be winter after, except now it's less festive and you have to clean up the mess from the holidays. So it still feels like we have time. It feels like we're doing everything that we are doing just to get to that summer season. So when that summer season is over, it feels like there's kind of like a, it's a sobering kind of time. Tell me if you guys can relate to that at all. And I am like so cold. I'm like shivering in this room. So uh, if you hear my voice freaking out, my body temperature is nuts when I'm dealing with a flare up. So any season change for me, for sure, but we only get two. Do you guys have two seasons out in Arizona? I always felt like it's just insanely hot all the time. Ooh, it's the school year mindset for me. I have, we have a lot of clients who are teachers who definitely feel that mega shift. I saw even with Nick, you know, when he was back when he was teaching, going back to school in, the, in September, it's like he had a whole different disposition. Last year, we stayed with his cousins while we were renovating. And his the reason we had to move into this construction zone, literally, is because September came. His cousin is a teacher. And she's like, you know, she's in such a mind, different mindset that we felt very much in the way and like wrecking the routine, you know. Um, and I know from working with clients that that routine, like you have the routine of the whole school year, then you have the routine of no routine in the summer. And then you have to get back to the routine of the routine for the whole new year. It's a lot. So uh, my teacher clients, a lot of our calls are centered around this <laughs> for sure. 
I'm just waiting for winter season usually. Well, same concept, right? It's still kind of waiting for something to begin uh, or waiting for something to end. It's that transitional period there. Um, <clears throat> Jen, I know you can relate. Um, school year is just like, it's funny because I feel like a lot of my uh, teacher clients, they, you know, everyone has struggles throughout the years and stuff like that. But I find that it's like, <sighs> And this is actually true for Nick too. It was like, he was so looking forward to the summer and there's so many good things about the summer, but the recalibrating on and off before and after the summer was like such a shock to the system, you know, where it's kind of like you thought the summer's going to be great, but then that lack of structure is its own, its own monster, you know? And then when you feel like you're getting used to that, surprise, no more of that, we're back again. So October, it's cool. Then winter, it's like a brisk 40 degrees. Most of it, some snow. Wow. Then like 60 degrees. Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Okay. So I need to be in Arizona um, every time except summer. Maybe my crazy ass still wants to be there in summer though. So, okay. Disappointment mindset. The first thing is to set expectations. Now <clears throat> I have had this with so many, I've had this talk with so many people over the last, I'd say since the beginning of August, it's usually when this kind of like morning season starts. Um, so the first thing is setting expectations. And I think that we all, all of our intentions here are so good, right? Like we're not trying to just, you know, it's not about vanity. It's not even the weight. Even those of you who are focused on the weight, it's not really about vanity at the end of the day. It's about self-representation and feeling like you are making efforts. You are giving a shit about your health. There's so much more emotion that goes with that than just the look, right? So the intention is to do all of the things we've been told to do, to, to look like people who do all of the things that we're told to do, to act happy, to do all the things that we have to do. And then when that doesn't happen, we internalize it in different ways, right? So what would you say? I'm trying to think how I wanna ask this question. What is your, if you were to think of your expectations, right? Of like where you're supposed to be right now, whether it's in your program or whether it's this time of year, if you were to say what you're most disappointed about because of the expectations that you had before versus the reality, what would they be? Share some with me. What are some disappointments? We got an Arizona party here in the comments. I definitely need to experience an Arizona winter. That is evident. Snowbirds. Oh, my friend in Florida calls them the same thing. <laughs> People who usually Jersey, it's like Jersey and Florida. You know, they just go back and forth. Um, everything you're saying is taking me back to when I lived there. I gotta go. I'm just afraid of scorpions. <laughs> I know that might seem like the silliest thing to be afraid of, but I am like, it's one of the reasons I'm afraid to ever visit Australia. I don't know if it's an OCD thing. I need you Arizonian people to tell me that there's not just scorpions in your shoes all the time. And then I'll come visit. But that's definitely an OCD twitch of mine. Okay, so 
I hope by now I'd, uh, I read a scorpion message, right? As I was reading yours, I hope by now I'd be a scorpion. I hope by now that I would feel more comfortable in my skin. Uh, okay. That helps Ash. I've only seen one in 12 years. Um, okay. So let's go with the, I hope by now that I would feel more confident in my skin. So I think, I think the thing that is important to realize where our expe expectations are set at, at a way that isn't going to lead us to disappointment or isn't going to lead us to feel like we're failing is to remember that there is no divine timeline. Like there is none, not for one person, for everyone to follow. There's no amount of time someone should be at a certain place in their career, that they should be at a certain body, seeing certain things changing. It's all based on what we feel like is a realistic amount based on our effort, the time that is passing, what we see from others, the excitement we're feeling about something or the, you know, the amount that we just yearn for it. Um, all of that goes into this timeline that we create. And I think that we want certain things, like we're okay with saying, well, I'm okay with that timeline taking longer, but I need to see these things to feel better about that. And even that is creating a timeline because we're saying, well, I should see this, this, and this by then. And I think one of the analogy, one of my favorite analogies I've ever said, and I don't know if it makes as much sense in this, it's not in my notes. So we're going to, you know, we're going to ad lib here, but don't, you know, we, we treat a, a guest arriving and taking a long time to arrive. And maybe we're excited about that guest arriving. We can't wait till they get there. We're eagerly anticipating them arriving and they're running late. Eager and excitement that they're finally there and annoyance that they're running so late are similar sensations, right? But when the guest finally gets there, the idea isn't like, well, what the hell took you so long? You know, you freaking took your sweet ass time getting here. We wouldn't act like that, you know, but that's kind of how we're acting in the meantime with other things that we're excited for. It feels like, you know, like a tense negative thing, like, oh, what are they going to get here already? They should have been here by now. Like, do they not even care? Versus... I am so freaking excited for them to get here. I hope the traffic clears up. I hope that there's nothing, you know, that, that stalls them out. Like, I can't wait to see them. There's not a whole lot of difference behind the change from one feeling to the other. And I feel like when you're dealing with these chronic illnesses where nothing is the way it's supposed to be, nothing happens in the time frame that it's supposed to happen you know, our, if our labs are great, why do we still feel like shit? That's not supposed to happen. You know, we can stick to everything that we're supposed to be doing. And yet things are still the way they are. That's not supposed to happen. It's like when we're stuck in that, it's very easy to get that resentment of like, well, like, honestly, are they even going to get here? You know? So Let's say after going alcohol free, I'm annoyed. I'm not like a brand new person. Well, first off, that's huge. I'm sure to not just me, but like anybody on the outside who's not in your own, in this meat suit every day, I'm sure can tell a difference. But beyond that, I think that's where setting the expectations are. What do we really want? 
When you say, you know, I want to be a brand new person, I think itemizing that and not being afraid to think about itemizing that because of disappointment if it doesn't happen, but stop shying away from goals, right? And if they don't automatically happen or happen fast as we would hope that they would, it's just a means of really diving into that and trying to look at it, which I have a section in, the, in my notes called zooming in. That's what that is. It's zooming in to something we want so bad that it's hard to look at all the other logical pieces of the puzzle because the feeling of disappointment is overwhelming it. So it's very common. It could be food, it could be alcohol, it could be mindset. How many times I've worked with people who are disappointed that they have a breakthrough working with me because they've been in therapy for freaking 10 years. And I'm sure, and I'm not saying that to be like, <laughs> you know, I'm saying it because it's like, there is no time frame. Everything you do, every new part of your process, every new journey, every new hobby you start, uh, influencer you follow, therapist you start with, coach you start with, all of that is just a different part in the timeline that's adding up to the end goal. There is no, I should have been there, that, that doesn't exist. That's only our own disappointment. So, you know, we, we want things really bad. Our intention is good. We want to succeed. We want our efforts to be for something, right? We want to feel well ASAP because when you're living in a body that feels like shit, Every day might only be a few hours apart, but it feels like another day in, in this prison sentence. It's going to feel so much longer. So we, we, we don't want to wear this meat suit that we hate, right? But that want is like, well, I want a solid gold jet that's ready to go to Europe at any moment. The chances of getting what you want are a lot more realistic than chances of me getting what I want. I wouldn't actually have my own jet. That's horrible for the environment, but I digress. You know, my thing is like, I, I want, I had to learn this myself because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the carefree hands-off less is more person that you see and work and talk to today is not how I have been for the majority of my life. The change to the more relaxed person I am now, that's like, yeah, life is, you know, let it, let it happen. Right? That probably annoys the shit out of some of you at some points in time at various points, right? I have not been that person. I have been the, well, I have to analyze this, this, and this. And if that's not working, I'm going to research it and I'm going to try this. And if that's not working by this time, then I'm going to try this. And I'm, I'm the person who went raw vegan when they were given a colitis diagnosis because I wanted to be the most extreme change I could do. And then I would add things slowly back, see what hurt me, see what I did. I'd give it a, a week, maybe a day to see if things hurt me or not. I was just jumping, lily padding around, trying to take away from the disappointment I felt in not knowing what the fuck to do. And I was cynical about everything. I wanted to burn it all away before it had a chance to burn me. If I was really, really pushing for like, let's say AIP, I tried AIP really hard. Everybody who met me knew I was AIP's cheerleader. If it didn't do it and it didn't change my life in a month, oh, well, you know, this bullshit, blah, 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 this is on to the next. And none of it ever gave me the satisfaction that I was actually looking for because what I wanted to feel was that I liked what I was doing and I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and going from shiny object to shiny object, I felt like the last thing I ever knew, well, I never knew what was happening. 
I couldn't, I couldn't take measurable data from that. I couldn't understand what was necessary, what I did differently, what, as much as I thought that I was so in control, I was, it was the opposite. I was just, I, I, there was no consistency because my desire to just friggin' have relief and not be trapped in this like defective body that overrode everything. So let's see what I wrote here. The magic of CCA is in the slowness of it, but that's also the hardest friggin' part because it feels like, is this a waste? Am I missing something? Am I not doing enough? Uh, you know, am I putting hopes in something that isn't right? You know, those are all common beliefs that I would be shocked if not every single one of you didn't have them at one point in this entire process. That's just human nature. I can't tell you how many times I thought, well, like my business mentor, you know, I've been working with him privately five years, more than five, like I'd say seven because it was like casual before he created his own business. And then five since he had, since I've had my business. So I can't tell you, I value the shit out of him. I love him. I attribute a lot of my success and a lot of the things that I teach you guys about like mindset and being able to maintain your, your temperature and all of that have come from the growth I've experienced from my mentor. And I still can't tell you how many times when something was happening that I felt disappointed in, or I felt um, like I wasn't doing as well as some of the other coaches in his business or whatever. I can't tell you how many times almost all of it, all of the goods gone out the door for at least a little bit where I've been like, do I even need to pay this fucking asshole what I pay? I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And like, I have a really high regard. So I don't take offense if anyone's had doubts in here. That is human nature. This is, and this is much tougher subject matter than an online business. <laughs> you know, this is invisible illness. So it's far more nuanced. We've all had those moments, you know? I think that the magic of CCA, I'm gonna break down why the slowness is important in two ways. One, the science way, and then two, the emotional way, or like, I guess, philosophical way. So take a drink. Okay, so one is the HP axis, the hypothalamus axis. Some of you guys have been around with me long enough to hear this lesson, but it's a goodie. So I'm going to bring it up again. So in our brains, we have, I think I did this twice today on client calls. So it's a good one. But in our brains, we have, a, we have the hypothalamus. It's a little almond shaped gland that cues all of our other endocrine systems, like our hormonal systems to do what it's got to do to keep us in a range, like an ideal base range of homeostasis. Like this is the temperature our body should be at. This is the weight our body should be at. This is how hungry we should get, how full we should get. All of the different hormones and all of it's controlled by different hormones. And those different hormones are controlled by the hypothalamus axis. Okay, so that the set point that that axis focuses on takes time to reset and it takes time to change. It is our survival baseline. So that is not just some casual thing. That is an, that that's our entire biological responsibility for survival relies on that baseline range that your hypothalamus keeps you in. You guys following me so far? Now, <clears throat> 
let's say somebody does something really extreme, loses a ton of weight. Uh, let's we'll use gastric sleeve. I have lots of gastric sleeve clients in here as well, but <clears throat> let's use something like gastric sleeve. Now you do something like that. Maybe you do lose weight rapidly, more faster than it, you would if you didn't. Right. What happens is when you lose weight faster, then your hypothalamus axis has a chance to keep up with that set point does not change. It stays where it's at before you do the intense diet. And I mean, none of us in here, right? We've already done the intense diets, but the first time you do the intense diet, the gastric sleeve surgery, when, when you, if you lose that weight fast, one day the hypothalamus axis wakes up and goes, oh shit, nothing's the way it should be. They're not eating. They're not, you know, like they're not or eating as much, eating the same. They're losing all this weight. And if your hypothalamus axis is set, your baseline of what's good, what's normal, what's needed is set at where you were at before that diet or before that surgery, whatever the hell. What do you guys think happens when, you're, when your HP set point for your weight is at the place it was before and you've lost weight faster than it can keep up with and one day it catches up and it, it realizes? What do you think the hypothalamus freaking makes you do? For dramatic effect, I'm gonna wait. Makes it go back up. Yep. It will make you, it'll change your appetite. It'll change your sleep patterns. It will change your energy so that you reserve more energy, meaning you're more tired. Um, it will make you retain food, retain the weight, like from the food, you'll metabolize your food differently or process your food differently. It will do whatever it has to do as a survival mechanism to bring you back to that set point. Because our bodies don't give as much of a shit about weight loss as all of us and society and everyone, it feels like everybody does. That's why you see men gain 10, 15 pounds and they're not like, you know, fearing dropping dead or being the freaking succubus of society, right? I hate to make it about that, but I'm just saying we have such a lower threshold. You know, I've had a doctor talk to me about managing my weight because I gained five pounds between friggin' appointments. What is five pounds going to do? You know, it's the mindset. It's all of the bullshit that's created that makes us do things that like sabotage us. I got worked up about this because it's such a mind fuck. It's the reason we don't succeed at this stuff is because it's so mentally hard to do this. Even if you don't have an illness, factor in illnesses that directly affect metabolism, directly affect the things that cause our body to be, to look a certain way, to feel a certain way, to carry on a certain way. It's not us just being dipshits right? It's not some supplement you're missing, some seed you're not cycling. It's none of this bullshit that just makes everything so complicated and convoluted, right? It's just that we really want stuff to happen. So that's the HP axis. That's the science side of it. Now, the mental side of it is we screw ourselves out of this because we're zoomed in and I'll explain what that means in a moment. 
the stress of this, of maintaining this sense of, of what we should be seeing changing, of what we should be doing, of what we should be feeling, of how we're failing, even if we're not, all of that stress translates into stress hormones, translates into irregularity in our sleep, in the way we're eating, the peace we're freaking feeling every day does matter for tangible things like health and weight. A lot of, a lot of clients have said that this has happened to them. It's definitely happened to me. I remember I went to Europe and I freaking, there was not a slice of pizza, a, a tiramisu, a, a pizza, I said pizza already, pasta. No, I said no to nothing. I tried everything. And now I think it's also because Italy imports their wheat differently or they don't import their wheat. That's why it's different. But um, besides all that, you know, I've gone on the, on vacations to Europe, other places I've eaten, I've enjoyed, I've been leisurely, I've relaxed and I've come back losing weight. And I know a lot of you guys have experienced that same thing. And you've been like, what's that about? That is the magic of less stress. When you're on vacation, you're not as hard on yourself. I mean, if you were, <laughs> I used to be hard on myself and I didn't lose weight on vacation, but if you're not, if on your vacation, you're adopting more of a relaxed mindset, you're walking more, you're resting more. You're not on your email all day long, freaking out about stress at work or what, whatever it is you guys do for work. All of that is also different. You're not worried about going grocery shopping and making sure you took something out of the freezer and you know the kids are happy and you have everyone done and ready for bed at a certain time and you're ready for bed at a certain time. That doesn't exist on vacation. And yet we feel better usually. You look at parts of the world where you know they they have they're not as sick <laughs> as we are. Now, I'm not trying I'm comparing I'm trying to compare apples to apples, right? Like I'm trying to compare countries where they have, you know, really really robust work schedules and it's not just some super cheap cost of living, you know, and stuff like that because it's easy to think that that must have something to do with it. I think that a lot of the mindset behind food, behind activity, behind uh, you know, quality of life, of rest. I think a lot of that is different. Now, where we can't just live in a European bliss all the time, right? That's just not reality. What we can do is look at that and realize how impactful stress can probably be. And if you start looking at cutting out stress wherever you can, the way you look to cut out calories or fat or sugar or gluten or carbs or whatever it is that you're you're trying to really hone in on if you put that much emphasis into trying to stress wherever possible and you have us here to help you do that i promise you that will also have a massive impact on what you're doing but zooming in we miss that so before I describe my whole zooming in, zoom out concept here, I want to know your thoughts on this. As you're hearing this, what are you thinking? What are you wondering? What are you resistant to? Because it's all normal, right? And everybody's feelings are freaking valid. But what are you feeling as I'm talking about this stuff? Share with me in the chat and take a sip. What is this bringing up for you guys? 
These are exactly the reminders I needed before going back to work. I'm not wearing a bra, sorry. I will keep the jiggling to a minimum. I'll try. The part about cutting out stress, the way we do food, I felt that, hell yeah. You know, how many times do we say, oh, I'll just do it because it'll, you know, I'll just get it done easier. It'll be done faster. Go watch the triple D method Zoom that I have. That's all geared towards stress in that area. You know, how many times do we overthink, over plan? How many times I talk to a client and they're like, yeah, I was in a spiral last week. I was just thinking like, oh, this, that, the other thing, blah, blah, blah. And I, none, me or their coach, did, no one got a text. You know, that's all stress too. You don't have to sit there and suffer through it and wait for it to pass on its own. That's six hours of stress. You're just waiting for it to pass on its own where you could have talked to us. We could have given you a tool. It wouldn't make the feelings disappear, but it could have helped you work through that better. You know, there are areas to, to chisel off that stress. It just takes learning. Love that one. Need to watch it again. Triple D is my favorite. My favorite. I, I want to say at least twice a week, I teach a client about triple D method or I re-teach them about it because we don't retain everything, right? Um, and it's my favorite. I still... I still use it all the time. I recently quit my previous job since starting CCA and I feel like a whole new person could have just been work, just, well, so I think a lot of it, I tell this story as well. I remember I worked at a bakery and I loved what I did, but the physicality of it was just too much. It was like, I taught big ass cake classes at, uh, I, I cringy dropped this name at the end of my last Zoom last time. And I still don't remember what story I was going to tell you guys, but I worked at Carlos Bakery. I taught the Kate classes. So we'd have like international classes, people who came just for that class is like 30 people per class. I'd have two hours to go pick them up and check them in in the front lobby, tour them around a 150,000 square foot facility, get them to, well, and make sure none of them tried to run off to find the friggin', you know, the buddy or anyone who was there at the bakery, then get them to the classroom, which is about 1500 square feet, have them sit down, teach them how to like bring them up for a demo, show them the first half of decorating a cake with fondant. Cakes that I, I, I put together and iced before the class. Um, I think I would do like 250 to 300 a day sometimes. I'd have to cut down like the 40 pound buckets of fondant into little pieces of weighed out fondant for everybody. Set up their stations, 13 tools each, clean everything up. In those two hours, tour them, teach them how to cover a cake, fix their disasters of cakes all the time, get them packed up, get them out the door. I'd have an hour to clean up before I had to start it all over again three times a day. My health was in the shitter. I, it was awful. So you want to talk about eating less and moving more? I wouldn't eat all day. I would live off coffee to get all of that done. And then I would eat like a salad maybe at the end of my lunch and I'd go home and I, I mean, I'd be starving, but even then I was exhausted. So it was and my health was awful. So what did I say? I need a nine to five Monday through Friday office job. No holidays. Nice. You know, there may be an HR department. Ooh, you know, like maybe we, you know, I just need a, a just a stable job. No stress. This is too much, blah, blah, blah. My health was even worse 
at that job. And it wasn't because I was sitting all day. It was my, me my mental health was so much worse. And then that took a major toll on my body. I hated what I was doing every day. The mundane aspect of it, the lack of passion, the, I mean, I wished I was somebody who did really well with that because there's so many people who do really, really well with more of a structured thing. I didn't accept yet that I wasn't that person. So what I thought was going to be the healthiest thing for me, because on paper, it seemed that way. I was working so much harder before. It wasn't even about that because I was worse off in the easier place. You know, I, oh my God, that was, we could talk all day about my stories there. Um, so I think, you know, when you try to find, if you work somewhere and that's just the job I hated, I mean, they were pretty mean, but I have some clients that have straight up abusive job environments. Yes, getting away from that, getting away from the dread of going to that job every day is absolutely going to have a massive impact on hormones, on blood sugars, on, in, on inflammation from stress all day long. Oh, you just, that's a huge, huge change, not just. So reminder that there is no real timeline. I'm making ones up in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm over here obsessing over my redecorating project and just reminding myself that it's okay to leave it tonight. Hell yeah. I got, I've gotten that way before. You know, we get like, especially if I get hyper fixated on something, the fear of not picking it up again tomorrow, I'll be like, okay, just one more Q3 AM. So um, I'm still looking for results on the scale. I definitely keep making up results that I should have already had seen in my head. Yeah. I was waiting. I was like, someone please say it. And I was like, cause I know, I know I totally felt that frustration before, you know, I know, I know it's not about the weight, but like, where's that at? <laughs> you know? So it's normal. Um, I haven't weighed, but I'm looking for loss and getting frustrated. Need to give myself grace and know the timeline may be longer for me. Losing 50 pounds and gaining most of it back frustrates me that I'm back there again. Ooh, that phrase. Um, but, but it's proof diets don't work and to just trust what I'm doing now because it's long-term. Mm -hmm. I hate back to there. <laughs> and the reason is because it is a place we create. It is, it is a non-existent place. No, I know. I'm sorry. I don't want it to be like, I'm going off on your comment. It's just, I've heard the reason I'm like, is because I hear it all the time. And I used to think the same way we treat progress in in our day-to-day -day managing all of this shit. We treat it like we've quit smoking cigarettes and it's like, Oh man, I've gone a whole week without one. And I had to give in and have a cigarette and back at day one, you're not back at day one. This is just different. This is a different day. It's just a different lesson. It's a different day in the life. You know, it's a, a whole new timeline. Um, it has no connection to the past, to the future. It just is here. It is where we are at now. So I think we create subconsciously. It's not like we sit there and like, how can I screw myself? Subconsciously, it's normal to feel like, well, I'm doing bad, I'm doing bad things like I used to do. And I've been so much better. So now I'm back at that place or my body had changed and now it's back. Our bodies are different right? Like age matters as well. Even if you're comparing to how you were last year, a year of, of biologically aging, no matter what weight you're at, your body is different. This is now you can still have, you can still harp on the issues that you have with your body right now, but 
putting it like it's some place we've gotten back to that doesn't exist except right up here. And that's a shitty place to be. It doesn't, doesn't ever feel good. It's never said in an endearing way, like, oh, thank God I'm back to where I used to be. You know, like, I mean, I'm sure that could be used at some point, but you know what I mean? Like, that's not why we're saying it. So, oh no, this outlet straight up doesn't even work that this has been plugged into. That time you realize your electrician never rehooked up the outlet. Hold on. Be right back. Okay, we're all good. And the computer's not going to die. Okay. So, you know, just getting back to it's never a fun place. It's never a helpful place. It's a place that we're like reprimanding ourselves for, for shit that's not even within our, our control. We're all just learning each day as we go on. But harping on that is what doesn't allow us the flexibility to learn from what has happened, how we're feeling and move forward because we're too afraid we're going to go back to where we were. It's just, it's a, a noisy statement I used to say myself. Um, and it's zoomed in. So before I push this way over the half hour, I try to set every week, zooming out. We're so zoomed into the moment. We're comparing a few days, like a few days in the past, we're comparing it like it's been a month, right? We are, we're wanting improvement day by day, sometimes hour by hour. We're thinking we have one shot to see things go one certain way. And if they don't go that one certain way, that's it for the future, right? We're so honed in. We'll look at the night before, like it's going to impact a week from now, right? That we're just not actually present. We're just have a microscope over one little part of our entire life. And it feels so impactful when if you zoom out, my favorite thing to say is the life expectancy in the US is 73. And people surpass the life expectancy every day. That being said, how many years you got left that if it takes you, it's not, I'm not saying it's going to take this long, but let's say it takes you five freaking years to invest in never having to think about this shit again, feeling good, having the body you want, understanding why your body is the way it is, all of that, living an existence you're happy about, right? Isn't it worth it comparatively? But zooming in doesn't let us look at that big broad scope because we feel like shit now. I'm not saying anyone's silly for zooming in, it's just normal, it's what happens when you live with a chronic illness that impacts your body and, the, and your size. Right. So it's easier to fail than it is to recalibrate and attempt again with new information you've gained. But what's the difference between those two things? I mentioned this on the all or nothing brain zoom. What's the difference between failing and recalibrating with the information you received with how it went last time and trying it again? One is the end of the road. If you failed, if you've given up, you're like, that's it. I've decided this. I'm fixed in this mindset. Then that's it. Yeah, you're right. It failed. It's a fail. 
it, there's, if that's a lot, that's done. Your work is done. The trying is done. Learning is done. The hope is done. You're done. I'm not saying it's easier emotionally, but logistically it's easier. It's freaking hard to not hold ourselves to such a high standard where if we feel we don't hit a certain goal that we're screwed. It is a lot harder to persevere through that, to take that loss and try to say, what can I learn? That is not an innate thing. That's what we got to coach ourselves through. I still have to coach myself to do that with a lot of different things. It's not easy, but that's what gets you to that end goal versus saying, I've learned all I can learn. I've tried all I can try. It's disappointed me. I give up. And there's been plenty of times in my life that that's been uh, felt a lot more comfy than trying because I didn't want to be a fool. But nobody else is in your brain. Nobody else knows how many times you're trying. So we're the, we're the big bad bully that's like, you've tried already. Fuck out of here, bully. Right? That's just living in our, our head rent free. Nobody else, nobody else is, is, their life is not improved or made harder based on our pant size. We're the only ones that our life is improved or made harder based on a pant size. So how, what is this? What's the question I wanna ask? I wrote this like an idiot in my notes. I don't even know how I wrote that sentence, but <laughs> I think at the end of the day, saying you got to live a, a happy life, a, ha a life you feel good about, a ha life where you are accepting of your illness, you're accepting of feeling like shit on certain days, you're accepting of your size not being what it is because you're just careless and eat, you know, Big Macs all day long. Like you deserve to live that existence in the days that have to exist anyway. You got to wake up, you got to go through each day as it is. It is what it is, right? You deserve to not feel additionally like shit in those days. Because choose like trying to work really hard, choosing that you don't want to feel that way, and then working really hard towards changing it is never going to put you in a, in a worse way than feeling like you have to be miserable until what? You lose weight? I think we think that if we're not hard on ourselves, what, we're just going to eat whatever the hell we want and just go off the rails and like, no, you're going to feel like shit and you're not going to like it anymore. Right? Like, so you're not going to do those things, but what does being mean to ourselves actually accomplish? You know, what is being disappointed in ourselves, feeling like we suck, feeling like we're failing, like, oh God, I hate my body. Look how fat I look. I look like this. I look like that. I used to make all the jokes. They weren't really jokes. I made other people laugh because if not, they would be uncomfortable, but I meant it, right? What does that do? Oh, God damn it. I should have been this. I should have looked this way. I can't stand that I drank this or I ate that or whatever. Every day is a redo. So what does it do? Does beating yourself up keep you on task more? No, or else you wouldn't be beating yourself up. Even when you're hard on yourself, disappointment exists. So what's the point? It doesn't prevent you from knowing what you got to do or seeing what you got to do if you're not just, you know, shitting all over yourself because you're not at a certain place yet. It's all a mindset game, all of it. And baby steps are hard, even though they're baby steps, even though how many of you guys have felt, this is the last thing I'll say before we jump, 
How many of you guys have gone to baby step and it sounded so easy and the sheer fact of, of doing something easy is what's hard. The easier the task, the harder it is because with it comes that tempering of our own expectations, of our own need, our own yearning for these things. If I'm telling you, hey, I want you to eat pepperoni in the middle of the day, or hey, I want you to drink you know, more water, whatever, that feels like, okay, okay, obviously, but like what else? I've had plenty of clients add things in. I'm trying this new thing. I'm trying that new thing. I've signed up for this program, this trainer. And I'm like, I get no time. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, you know, but it's all good intention. It's just also a mind fuck. So I hope this helped. This doesn't mean you have nothing to be upset about. This doesn't mean you have nothing to ask us further about. Doesn't mean you have no reason to be frustrated. It just means that this shit is normal because it is hard as hell to deal with this, all of the stuff with PCOS, with Hashimoto's, with metabolic issues, inflammation, chronic illness, invisible illness. It's hard as shit to deal with this without all that. But you're all here on a Sunday night after busting your ass all week in, in your various careers, lives, whatever, also trying to get your illnesses under control and upset with yourself for how you're getting. And I hope, I hope that's the thing you release. All right, text me, text your coaches. If there's something that's difficult to you, tell us what it is because it's not something you should just try and try again at and just suffer through. We want to give you hacks. We want to help you through it. So let us know when you're suffering, not a week later when you've let a week go by feeling like you failed in the moment. All right. You all deserve it. I love you all. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.